Well, welcome back to 94 Feet and Beyond, everyone. I'm your host, Sam Berg, and today we have special guest, my uncle, um, Uncle Mark, the fireman, male nurse, soon-to-be NP extraordinaire. Um, uncle Mark, welcome to the show, and uh, happy to have you on and excited to talk a little uh, nursing and fireman stuff. Well, thanks for having me, Sam. You know, um, we've been trying to do this for a little while, Um well, um, tell the audience kind of uh, what your uh, um, what your history is on your career and what what got you into the healthcare uh, system. Well, actually, uh, I was in college, kind of trying to find my way. Uh, you know, probably for your older uh, listeners, mm-hmm. there was a show back in the eighties uh, uh, hosted by. Uh, the Star Trek captain, Rescue 911. Okay. Loved that show. Loved it. And uh, just started watching that. And I thought, you know, that would be a pretty cool career. Maybe I ought to be a fireman. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I took some tests. And back in those days, good night, it seemed like you would go and there would be a thousand people showing up for tests. And couldn't quite make it. And I needed to do something. And so, uh, I thought, you know, nursing may be something I should do. I actually went to nursing school, graduated, and uh, started working my first job. But I always had that, man, being a fireman would be so fun. And uh, anyway, uh, so I started working as a nurse, and oh, that first job was so tough. I worked on a floor, Mm -hmm. worked on a, a, and after about 18 months, I said, you know what? I'm going for it. I'm going to be a fireman. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of did it opposite than yeah. uh, most people. Yeah. I mean, I, I know I, I thought about doing it, um, you know, right after high school, but my mom made me go get a degree first. So here I am. Well, it's, yeah. Yeah. There you are. So <laughs> it's, uh, that's always, that's not a wrong move. Yeah. Uh, so it was, uh, so I was a little bit older. I was 28 when I ended up getting hired on, uh, as a fireman. Okay. And around that time I went from the floor and I thought, well, maybe I ought to try the ER. Mm-hmm. And when I went to the emergency room, I loved it. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I probably, if I would have started there, I probably wouldn't have, uh, ventured into the uh, being a fireman but you know the good thing about being a fireman is you have so many days off that you know since then I've just worked uh, part time in an emergency room and I've never left yeah so so how, how does that pretty much work you're, you're on 24 you're 24 on 48 off and you pick up a shift here and there at the ED I- I do. So, you know, luckily in the ER, there's so many shifts, uh, 11 to 11, three to threes, different, you know, depending on what ER you work at. And, uh, yeah, I've, uh, I try to get it on my second day off, Okay. but you know, I guess you can't, uh, beggars can't be choosers. And so I, uh, I, you know, a lot of times there's been nights, though, at the fire station where we're up at night. I think, 
man, I got to go to work. <laughs> I got to pull it. I got to be in the ER at seven and pull oh, a 12 hour shift. Yeah, that is brutal. So, yeah, that's, that. I've had some, I've had some brutal days. I definitely sleep good that night. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. So it's really worked out. Honestly, it is a perfect, uh, career type you know um you work as a paramedic that's what mostly we do as a fireman mm-hmm. and you know so i see that aspect of it um you know being a paramedic we always say we can help you if you're dying so we, i've walked into situations where literally people are dying there's not a doctor around yeah and we have to think quick um you know, identify what's wrong and, you know, the rapid transport to the hospital while we're doing everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's a lot different, you know, in the ER every, and a lot of times as a paramedic, you walk in and you got to worry about how am I going to extricate this guy just to the stretcher, just to the ambulance? Uh, how, you know, are they going to be hooked up to the monitor as we're trying to pick them up and we start an IV now here in this cramped area. Uh, you know, in the ER, everything's, you know, very, I guess, uh, not stable in the sense of, you know, everybody's just, it's, they're in the bed, they're there, they're, you know, you can intubate easier. You can start IVs a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. Uh, so those are some of the differences. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a whole different world being out there on the streets rather than uh, being in a little bit of a more controlled environment in the ER. Yeah, that's it. It's always a little bit more controlled. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you're uh, one thing that you had to get used to is you know you're driving down the road, and you're trying to start IVs, you're intubating, you're doing stuff. Uh, I remember. Uh, uh, one call where uh, I was a new paramedic. Uh, we went on this gentleman who was having, uh, uh, for your medical listeners, I guess, a, a inferior MI or a heart attack on on this side of the heart that a lot of times it presents as they have a very, very slow heart rate. Mm-hmm. So we have our protocols that we go by, and uh, part of them is trying to uh pace the heart so we take over the the rate of this because he's he was his heart was barely beating and barely providing a blood pressure for him he's having this big heart attack so i was a new paramedic man i've, I've read about it but i've never experienced it and of course it was about three in the morning and uh so we're driving down the road and i'm like okay i'm gonna pace this guy well, in school, you know, I never really thought about feeling the bumps and trying to feel his pulse. Am I pacing him? Did I get captured? Did I, yeah. uh, is, is it working? You know, and all I see is this guy screaming because I'm sending electricity down through him. And, uh, uh, but it, it worked out and, uh, <laughs> you know, we, we, we helped him. But I'll never forget that call. That was, I was like, whew. This yeah. is intense out here. Oh, yeah. It's life or death out there in the streets, man. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what's, um, 
one of the funniest things that's um, happened to you as a fireman, you know, I, I've heard there's some horsing around over there in the uh, station. Um, you could care to elaborate on yeah. that? <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, you know, when you're with a bunch of other guys and gals and, you know, you're, it's basically like a, you know, a second home and a second family. Oh, so, yeah. uh, we were constantly, uh, harassing each other in a very good way, in a very positive way, in a way that would not get us in trouble. Yeah. Uh, but the, my most famous story I love to tell was this was many years ago, mm -hmm. but, uh, we, uh, had a new rookie, uh, and he was, a before he was a fireman, he was a professional boxer Oh wow! Okay. and he could hit so hard. Uh, very tough guy, but very nice, very nice guy. That's why he probably didn't make it in the boxing world, was too nice. <laughs> but uh, he was deathly afraid of insects. I mean, deathly afraid. So one night, uh, the fire engine went out on a call, and I was on the ladder truck. And, and it's probably about 1130 on a Saturday night. The engine got back, and they said, hey, look, look what I caught out on this I think they went on a water shutoff or gas leak. It was a snake. And I was like, oh, golly, a snake. What you? And he goes, the fireman said, well, if Mike's laying in bed, the uh, professional boxer, I didn't know whether to use his name, but I guess I already did. Uh, I'm going to put this snake in with him. And I said, oh, I got to see this. This is going to be great. <laughs> Well, anyway, sure enough, he's just laying in bed watching a little TV. We all gather in there, about 10 firemen. They lift up the blankets by his feet, and they let the snake go. And it goes straight up right by his face. And, I mean, everybody is just wanting to laugh and just see his reaction. Well, he jumped up, and he was screaming. Was that a snake? He was screaming something else, but... <laughs> uh, and he went over and then it was like a fight or flight. He is pushing, shoving, punching, and everybody's trying to run out of the room. Uh, I actually might have went through, put a hole in the sheetrock accidentally trying to get out. But anyway, uh, I don't want to, maybe, maybe I did it. So, uh, oh my gosh, that was so much fun. We laugh about that now. Uh, I can't believe we did it, but, uh, and, we, and we released the snake. It was fine. He had a happy life after that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I've, you know, I've, I've heard a few things from you over the years from over there and, uh, just wanted to give a sampling to the listeners on that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh we were talking earlier, uh, one prank they did on me was, uh, it was probably in the middle of the night. We go on this medical call and we're getting back. My lieutenant came up to me and said, Hey, can I talk to you for a minute? I'm like, it's two o'clock in the morning. I mean, what do you want to talk to me about? I want to go to bed. And, um, he said, Mark, come in my office. I said, yeah, what's up? He goes, Hey man, I just want, man, you are, hustling on these calls you're taking control you're doing and the minute he started talking to me saying that i went 
oh no and it's my other friend my other engine guy i said oh no where is he where is he no no please please don't be in my bed and i ran out and all i see is his he has his i can see his he doesn't have a shirt on and he's laying in my bed and he goes hi mark and i said ba can't say his name but i just did (laughs) i said please don't be naked in my bed please don't be naked in my bed yeah sure enough (laughs) he was naked so uh i spent another hour while i would not lay in my i had to wash my sheets i wasn't gonna you know i wasn't gonna lay down (laughs) in that bed oh my god (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. that's 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 more of what i've heard you know we uh (laughs) We used to have a PlayStation there. Of course, your listeners are probably going to go, do y'all do anything besides play around? And <laughs> yeah. we do. But uh, they used to, you know, we had a PlayStation. And the old one, you were probably a little kid. Uh, there, And there was a game called Red Faction. Okay. And we would play that. And then it got, there was little friendly wagers on that. Okay. You know, uh, if you lose... You'd have to be T-Boy for the whole station. Oh. So T-Boy, T-Boy was, you'd have to get tea or water or whatever for everybody. Well, we would just wear you out. Oh, man. I mean, we would, hey, I need a refill over here. One guy would set his alarm uh, and get up at 1 o'clock in the morning, shake his glass, Hey man, I need some tea. You know, I mean, you did not want to lose. So one, one gentleman lost. So like he was going to be T-boy for six months. He couldn't stop playing. He was like, okay, double or nothing, triple or nothing. And you know, I mean, it was horrible. So the guy that said, look, if you shave your head, uh, you know, he had long, you know, nice hair. If you shave it, then uh, you, you can cut it down for like three months. And if you shave your eyebrows, it'll be, uh, <laughs> you can erase your debt. So there we are uh, shaving his head. And uh, I think his wife called. I think they were about to go to a wedding in New York. He said, do not shave your eyebrows. But he was willing to do it because T-Boy was so bad. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Good old times. Good don't, times. Don't be T boys what what we're uh, gathering here. <laughs> yeah. You know. I still have nightmares about that. <laughs> I bet. Um so getting on the more serious side, um, Either field, what's what's the scariest thing you've had to deal with? Uh, you know, I think um, the, 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 being a fireman, um, you know, you train for uh, a lot of scenarios, from mm-hmm. fire to car wrecks to, you know, you're doing advanced procedures, and you need frequency. Uh, that's why we train a lot because, you know, say like a, on a medical, like a cricothyrotomy. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, those are, don't come around that often doing a surgical airway, but when the time is needed, 
you know, you got to perform. Yeah. So, so I think like some of those uh, times that, you know, we had to decide to do one or, um, you know, an advanced extrication or, you know, being in a fire, um, you know, it just seems like the fires happen at night and you wake up and in 10 minutes you're in a dark environment that's heat. You're trying to find the fire, uh, you, you know, and it, it, it's, I guess some of those are the scariest times. Uh, I'm trying to think of a specific call mm-hmm. we made, um, <clears throat> the scariest time. I mean, they, 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 they kind of run like that where, you know, I'm scared that I want to perform and, you know, it's been, you know, a year before I had this type of extrication or this type of medical call. And I think that's what probably makes me the most nervous. Uh, I mean, I, I've only been like, uh, we had one apartment fire that there was a collapse on, um, that we were actually walking down the stairs because a uh, real experienced firefighter was telling us to get out, get out. And as we were walking down, then you could, the uh, uh, entryway, just everything just kind of fell where I was like, Ooh, man, that was mm-hmm. close. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. What about, um, anything in the, uh, in the nursing field that was super crazy or uh, interesting? Um, yeah. You, you know, again, the, the ER, uh, is more controlled. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but you always have those patients that are crashing. And I think those are the scariest ones where you know, it, it's kind of easy when somebody doesn't have a pulse, you know, yeah. you know exactly what to do and you just start doing it. But it's the patients that come in that are, uh, I guess, circling the drain, you know, and then you throw in a pediatric patient with that. You know, I don't mm-hmm. work in a pediatric ER, but, you know, we have some of these very sick ones that, you know, sometimes come in and, um, uh, you know, you got to be on your toes yeah. and, you got a, uh, you know, you, you know, pediatric patients shouldn't be the ones passing away and you really want to save and just do everything perfect and fast and quick and professionally and, mm-hmm. and, uh, to save a life. So, uh, without getting HIPAA type talking about HIPAA, yeah. uh, I think those are some of the patients that, um, <clears throat> the scariest, uh, I can throw in another little neat, not neat story, but, uh, I just remembered over the years, uh, went on a dinner. Oh, can I say that? I guess I hope I'm not violating it, but here, uh, he, he had a, uh, successful, I mean, he was full of patience, you know, and, and he came back and he's like, man, I have a little chest pain. Yeah. And they, the staff called 911 and we get there and we were like, well, you know, your EKG looks good. I mean, you know, uh, he might've had like high blood pressure for a risk factor, but man, I mean, he's like, well, I feel better now. 
and uh, we were like, hey, do you want us to run you out? It's probably the safest thing. Uh, uh, guys, look at all that. I need to take – I'll follow up my doctor. I'll take care of these patients, you know, that he had. Well, then the chest pain started coming back, and we said, hey, let us run you out there. No, no, no. Eventually he did. Well, he arrested in the ambulance as mm. we were taking him. Yeah, and I thought – but luckily we were right there. Went to V-fib, defibrillated him, came right back. Uh, and uh, I was thinking, wow, you know, if we would have left, you know, he would have gone minutes without oxygen. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, just crazy, crazy. Wow, that, that is nuts. Yeah, you, you just, you never really know. I mean... Uh, you know, even up in ICU, we, we sit there and we watch those monitors and, uh, you know, I, I walked in yesterday and, um, you know, someone was coding when, when I got there and it was happened to be the patient I had the day before. So you just never yeah. know. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that's taught me in the ER and I, you know, everybody in this field gets... Uh, complacency, you know, most of our 911 calls, most of the ER is clinic, you yeah, know, do they true. really need an ambulance? Not really. They could probably <laughs> trim it themselves and or whatever, but you just always hear about, uh, you know, an anxiety attack that walks through the door that you're thinking, really, really? <laughs> deal with it okay i'm busy here yeah and they end up having a you know collapsed lung attention pneumothorax you know yeah and i'm thinking you're gonna be really anxious right now yeah no kidding yeah you, you just never know i guess and not until you run the tests and everything and see what's going yeah. on get the full picture yeah but um you know, you know, we're over here on ninety-four feet and beyond. We we can't go a full uh, segment without talking a little bit about sports, Uncle Mark. Let's do it. Uh, you know, your son, um, Nick Pollard, um, had his first collegiate game this weekend. Um, I actually didn't know they were going to play this season. Um, what's the what's the scoop down in Canyon for us? I tell you what, they're coach and their uh, athletic director they were motivated to play uh you know i thought i thought well why won't they just wait for the spring covid will be you know hopefully less and not not to worry about but uh the coach was real adamant about let's play in the fall we need the spring to to train and to you know i guess he was afraid too about you know players getting injured in the spring and then oh, they yeah. may they may miss two seasons you know the spring season and then the fall so man they're playing some big teams they're division two they're playing uh steven s and abilene christian both d1 teams oh wow so uh we'll see how that goes but uh yeah they are uh they're motivated they've been working and it doesn't count on their eligibility so Basically, Nick is redshirted, but he's getting to play. Oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah, he made a uh, – I think he had two tackles for a loss, or uh, they played an NAIA team 
And anyway, so it was exciting to watch. Good atmosphere out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got a brand new stadium that's really, really nice. It's just kind of far for us. Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah uh, that's what we were talking about earlier. The the hike out to Canyon is very far. So yeah. So hopefully uh, they can surprise some of those. Well, they play Angelo State this Saturday, and they're oh, a very good team. Yeah, yeah they were team. they were good last year. I remember. So, luckily, they've lost uh, some players. They have a wide receiver out there last year that we saw. Uh, he's playing. He's well. If Missouri plays, I'm not sure if they're playing, but he transferred there, and I heard he's going to be their starter. So, oh yeah, thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that that's that's big time. Then I think they are playing since I think they're in the SEC. So yeah, so you might see him on Saturday. Yeah, but say you can't beat beat college football. Oh yeah, that's a you know, it's pretty much a sports person's uh, dream right now. We've got everything going. We just can't go to the games. Uh, we got NBA, MLBs coming up on October. We got NFL starting, you know, college football starting. And, and I'm not a hockey fan, but now that the <laughs> stars are in the Stanley Cup, now I've become a hockey fan. Yeah, you know, it's, you know, got that going. You know, we had the U.S. Open last week for golf. And it's a, it's a, it's a good time to be uh, stuck at home watching TV all day. That's for sure. <laughs> yes. So, not bad. But, um, you know, thanks for uh, coming on the show, Uncle Mark. Um, You know, we'll we'll distribute this out. And, uh, you know, hopefully these listeners will get some enjoyment out of some of the stuff we talked about. Well, I hope so. It was fun talking about uh, being a fireman and being a nurse. It's, uh, you know, wow, it it goes by quick. Oh, yeah. uh, it's fun to reminisce and tell people some of the shenanigans that goes on. Oh yeah, man. It's uh you know, didn't really know what I was getting myself into when I got into nursing and boy I found out quick. <laughs> yeah. So, uh... Nursing's a tough job, but I'll say one last thing about uh nursing is as you get older, you know, you experience, you know, you, you take your family members to the hospital or they get sick or your parents and man, to meet a kind, when you're, you know, you're having a horrible day, you know, if you got to bring somebody to the emergency room or mm-hmm. they're in the ICU and when you have somebody that actually acts like they care about you and pay and your family member, that makes a hundred percent difference. Yeah. And, um, you know, as I've gotten older, I've had to deal with certain things, you know, being sick or family members being sick. And, you know, I've had them both. I've had nurses that I'm like, wow, why are you even in here? And uh, I've had ones that are like, you know, I can remember them more than the, the doctors, you know. So uh, that's the good thing about that career. Oh, yeah, man. It's a. Uh... You know, it's it's definitely tough, but it, it can be very rewarding too. So uh yes. I'm just gonna keep my head down and keep pushing forward. So yeah. That's all we and can do. 
and then maybe I'll have a podcast and I'll have you on it. Oh, Uncle Mark. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Well, you 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 heard it here first on ninety four feet and beyond. Uncle Mark might have a podcast coming out. You you know it's twenty twenty. Anything can happen. That's true. That's true. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on, Uncle Mark, and uh, we'll have to have you back on here sometime. Anytime, I enjoyed it. Yes, sir.